Thanks so much for taking the time, Axel. Thanks for having really me. I appreciate you being here. Um, I want to get started with giving the crowd a little bit of an impression of how you got started in tech. And the earliest memory would be good. What was the first time you built tech? The earliest memory of working in tech, of working in tech, was an internship I did in 2004, I think, when I was not able to get any proper internship at a bank or a consulting firm, which I really wanted. So desperately, then I went to Cologne and worked for, uh, yeah, a startup one summer. But then, when the CEO opened the door in his bathing shorts, and I, as a young student, <laughs> right. showed up in a suit. I knew that this, you know, <laughs> I, I want to work here. Did you ever wear a suit ever again, or uh, was that the last time? <laughs> that was probably the last time, for work at least. <laughs> right, for work, that makes sense. Um, today's topic is really about international growth, right? And what you, uh, what you have done with uh, Spotify is, is achieve that to a, to a really big level, I think, you know, there's a couple of brands uh, out of Europe that made it in uh, the Valley uh, or in the US in total. Um, maybe the Beatles, uh, maybe like Skype, you know, maybe some other uh, brands. But Spotify was able to reach into the US and really touch consumers, right? Like really uh, engage them. Can you tell us a little bit of, uh, let's, let's start first with what made uh, your team to decide to take that step? Because a lot of European startups unfortunately do not do that. Yeah, I mean, Spotify was founded in, in, in Sweden, a small country with a population of Manhattan. Um, and at Spotify, we knew pretty early on that the market we were in, the streaming market, was a winner-takes-all market. Um, and that to win, we had to be in the US, that there would not really be such a thing as a sort of category killer in streaming in Europe that even to win in Europe, we needed to win the US. So pretty early on, uh, we decided to sort of go for the bet of launching the US. We saw it as more or less do or die. Uh, after having launched a couple of countries in Europe, we realized that that's going to be very cumbersome if we continue down that road country by country in Europe. And uh, you know, in the meantime, someone might copy or even do, do, do our model even better in the US, and, and then we'll be dead. So we decided early on, just focus on the US, nothing else, while other you know, European streaming players that existed at the time were launching country by country in Europe. Right. It took us a lot of time, to, to time and effort to do it, but uh, once we were able to, that sort of dramatically changed the course of, of Spotify's path thereafter. Right. Um, uh, were there any metrics sort of backing that up? Because you, you've, you've said this maybe a little bit, but how uh, do you determine which countries get preference in your rollout, right? Was there, was there a lot of measurements behind that, or was it more of a marketing concern? What was the strategy? I mean, when we looked, when we looked, and also, you know, the same when I talked to our portfolio companies about international expansion, I mean, the, the you know, reasons to expand are obvious, more users, more revenue, more, more profit. But if you also then look beyond that, you know, there's strategic considerations in terms of when and where and at what pace uh, um, to launch. And as we realize that this is a market, a winner-takes-all market with strong, strong uh, network effects. That not only impacted the, our, our decision to go for the U.S. early on, but it also thereafter impacted our, our uh, plan to launch in every major market of the world as fast as we possibly could, because we knew that you know, there were competitive modes being set up, and if we, are, we, we launch early, we will in turn create modes, and then it will be very hard for someone to, uh, to sort of uh, copy us and come after us. And right. yeah. 
So in that sense, uh, you're saying it's more strategic than it was driven necessarily by specific metrics you would see or... Both. I mean, on a high level, Both. the high level, that was sort of the, the starting point, the strategic right, decision right. that in our business to win, we will have to be everywhere yeah. fast. That shaped the roadmap and that shaped how we built operations and resourced the expansion. W were there any examples that you were looking towards? Any, any brands that, uh, you know, tried to make it in these verticals but didn't? And, um, you know, how did that differ with music? I mean, w w we obviously looked also at, at uh, sort of older uh, yeah. European startups that had been very successful in Europe, but, but uh, that, you know, maybe decided to go for the U.S. too late or not go for the U.S. and, and, and uh, were acquired instead of being, being, being independent. And our, our, you know, vision and goal and idea, if, even from the beginning, was that we were going to be a large independent, you know, European company. And with the Spotify being listed now recently, I think... Uh, right. That has been a success. <laughs> I think you won, yeah. Um, so uh, we, we also um, look at Spotify, and I think it's a, it's a brand that has sort of gained that consumer trust. Um, when you enter a new market uh, as a foreign entity, um, there might not be that trust yet, right? Like even you're not speaking the language yet, or you know, you've not really had a local presence, or how, do you, how did you manage to gain that consumer trust? What was behind that? I think it was, we had the benefit of having a pretty strong uh, brand also among early adopters, something that we also played on. And before we went in a market, to us it was a very binary process. Either we were in a market or we were not in a market. You couldn't use before we had sort of officially launched. And before that, we also built up as much demand as we could by, by, by working with a long waiting list of people who signed up yeah, on the website. Right. Before, yeah. we, before they could sign up, we, every now and then we, ha we handed out invites to influence in, in, in these countries, so that slowly but surely, sort of the demand uh, um, uh, built and grew. But in essence, I think it was also very much about building a really, really good product. Spotify has always been extremely product quality uh, focused. Obviously, we've made you know changes and adaptions to 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 to, to different markets and cultures, but at core, the product and the service and the offering is the same in more or less every country. Right, right. So you, you sort of snuggly, stealthily uh, uh, found the group that, uh, you know, gave you that trust and then backed it up with a product to match. Yes. Yeah. And mm. so uh, how did that change the team as well? Because, you know, let's, let's talk about that for a little bit because, you know, in, in preparing this talk, you've also very specifically said, like, you know, we've, we've culturally, we've done a lot of work and how did that change the team? Because, you know, we're not just here for one demographic anymore. It, the team is becoming more diverse with uh, uh, people, you know, colleagues overseas. How did that change? How did you keep that together? Yeah, I mean, we, we, when we, the new markets team that I built and led, when we were at, at the top of our game, we launched about one and a half, on average, one and a half new markets a month, adding new staff in every single market. So these 55 markets that we launched was actually during a pretty short period of time of three years. So obviously at a massive, you know, ferocious, aggressive growth, right. and especially coming from and starting in a very small market like Sweden, that obviously changed our culture, and as with many great companies, culture was always part of our, our internal culture was part of our secret sauce, part of our success. And that obviously will get diluted when you then expand and hire a lot of, a lot of people. And, um, uh, you know, it happened at Spotify as well, but I think that some of the learnings that I drew from, from, from that, and that I also tried to, you know, g g pass on to our portfolio companies is that, 
you start as centralized as you possibly can. If you do, in the beginning, if you don't have to hire people out in a region, you mm -hmm. know, don't do it. Uh, or you know, if you, might, you might not even have to do it at all. And uh, don't hand out a lot of mandate and autonomy in the beginning. Keep it as centralized as you possibly can, right. and then gra gradually sort of hand out the autonomy. And secondly, I would also say to not be afraid of, uh, you know, when you're hiring in, in new regions to um, uh, sort of deploy long-term long-term serving staff from your uh, your core markets or headquarters, like cultural bearers, not only as as uh, managers in the markets, but also in you know in in in, in different roles to help pres preserve and build the culture, and also sort of warn when the culture is changing. Because right, right. otherwise, especially as with many tech companies where you have autonomous teams, you have the risk of you know different regions. Operating and behaving in different ways, you know, take different approach to risk and decision making, and uh, and so forth. Uh, w was there any um, any of a time where um, you know you'd open a local office and things were sort of spinning out of control? I wouldn't maybe say control, but sort of you know they were running their own show, and you had to pull them back in. Yes, definitely. Uh, without naming any specific sure. examples, <laughs> there there were definitely regions where we hired. Yeah, you know, com the completely wrong people and the, the sort of local fiefdoms, kingdoms right. uh, uh, were built that were <laughs> we from the outside yeah. could not penetrate and it spiraled into total chaos where we then had to sort of rein in the culture and bring in stronger Spotify culture bearers to fix it. And it's not... With people from like... With know, people from the headquarters. And yeah, this is yeah. not like a sort of imperialistic in any way since Spotify right, is not a right. nation. It's just uh, had its own very strong you know, blend of, of culture, something yeah. that we want ba based on, you know, tolerance and diversity and uh, risk-taking, something that we wanted to preserve because it was our secret sauce. Right, uh, right, right, of, of course. Um, so, right now, your reality is a little bit different. You're on the other side of the table, as they say. You're a VC now, or you're working for a VC firm, EQT. Um, so, what do you think your portfolio companies often miss when they're trying to plan this international launch, right? Be it the US or be it, I don't know, like Croatia. The, 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 what, what would you, what, what do you see them often do wrong? Where does it start and where do you step in? Uh, firstly, I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, things that they do wrong, but the things that we try to tell them is that regardless of what's, what stage you're in, think, think about international expansion very early and think about the strategic considerations, even though it might take years until you, you have you know, enough product market fit to expand. Think about the, these market dynamics that will impact it. Do, do you as a business have to be in, 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 in the US or, or not? Uh, uh, you know, are there strong, uh, strong uh, network effects in your business that will have to you know, impact the pace of, when you, of how, how, uh, how you launch? Uh, because uh, that will, you know, shape of the, your your business strategy in terms of how and when you have to have to expand. Just mm -hmm. you know, apart from the basic country by country to to grow, and then secondly, also to plan for then sort of the launch operations. Because when you start launching countries, regardless of what 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 pace and scale, it adds a lot of complexity because it touches upon every single part of your organization. And every new country adds even more complexity, and it risks like slowing you down dramatically. And as Spotify, when we started launching countries, we sort of were dependent on every part of the organization, and it slowed us everyone down uh, just to launch one country. So, to build a team and the processes and organization that can support your launch roadmap. At Spotify, we had was at such a pace that we had to build more or less a semi-autonomous team that could launch countries independently. Um, 
you know, it will, it will depend on the, the depth of, 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 of your, you know, expansion, the pace and, 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 and scale, but to think about that. And not only about the sort of launch operations, but also in terms of how you want to operate the markets that you are, are in. Because it's going to be very different, you know, running, uh, you know, a company of, you know, five, five markets, 300 people. It will be completely different when you're in different continents, different, different time zones, and when you're in, you know, hundreds of markets. And at, during my short tenure at Spotify, we changed operating model for markets, you know, three times, and now they're working, working on, a, on, a, on a fourth one. I think it, it's, it's, it's evident that it will change over time. You just have to be, be aware of that and, and plan ahead rather than just sort of lazily launching and putting in, you know, f f people function by function. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, what you describe is essentially that you don't just copy the company, but you change the company from within completely to support the international growth, right? Am I explaining that uh, correctly? Exactly, like, yeah. I mean, when it, when it comes to, or are you referring to launching or operating markets or bo both? Right. Well, yeah, I think, I think the, 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 the launching part where you're really looking into the product and uh, one of the things you mentioned was like the network effects that were necessary for that, it, that changes the, the product area. But then operationally, obviously, you have to support that product in different verticals. So, it, yeah, that, those are the two sort of sides that you're describing, right? Yeah, and it adds a, like an, a, a, a new dimension to, to, to the organization, the geographic dimension that you then yeah. have to manage. And you have to yeah. decide, are we going to be a, you know, decentralized, decentralized, are we going to have a matrix, to hand out PL responsibility to managing directors or run right. it centralized? I don't think there's a good answer. Every org form sort of sucks in a way, but you right. just have to pick one, be very consistent, you know, s stick to it rather than try to, uh, yeah. you know, compromise your way out of it. Is there a company in your portfolio right now who you think will have that sort of Spotify-like success, like, you know, in the US or, or maybe somewhere else? Is there... We have many interesting portfolio companies sure. that I think will have, uh, have a success. We have one very interesting company in Germany called Home, um, very early. But, cool. Um, That's yeah. great. That's great. And so you know, the, most of your time right now is spent really deep with those companies, I would imagine, like trying to go through their uh, growth plan, right? Is that... Yeah, 50% spent on, on deal work in Germany, where I'm sure. based, and in Europe, yeah, and 50% yeah. working with our portfolio companies, not only on international expansion per se, but also on, on, on scaling to set up the organization for, for, for you know, massive growth. What is your vision on, um, well, obviously, you're, you're maybe biased on this, but what is your position on having VC and international growth? Because, uh, you know, you, you, you could say, do I even need a VC to go uh, abroad? Obviously, you're a VC that's very much hands-on with that. Uh, is that is that the the benefit of you doing it? You know, using a VC, or can it just be the money? Or you know, is that even maybe not necessary to achieve it? I mean, when we when we did, or when I mean my team did it at Spotify, we didn't really have a blueprint, so we had to invent yeah. everything and try everything. Our, ourselves making a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know, obviously, I think it's good to make your own mistakes, but it would have been great to have uh, sort of the support network that we're trying to give our portfolio companies. Right. Uh, not not only in terms of just network, because we also have people on the ground in the U.S. and you know all over Europe, but also in terms of coaching and and and, and mentoring, helping them set up the plan, hiring people, and and uh, you know coaching them through through the execution. So that's why we try to build not only when it comes to international expansion, but across, you know, product, talent, all, all the verticals that you need uh, to, to grow, like a team that can support and guide our companies as much as they need. Right, right. And um, when you were doing that, did you get that support equally from your investor? Is that something you missed? Is this why you're doing this right now? 
I mean, I've, one of the reasons why I'm doing this, this now is because I think we were very successful at Spotify. We yeah. made a lot of mistakes also that's part of being successful and that, uh, you know, it's interesting and makes it a lot of fun to share that with, uh, you know, younger mm -hmm. companies in Europe. Yeah, I can imagine. I can. So, in terms of looking at the market more in, uh, broadly, right, are you optimistic about startups in the EU right now? I think very much so. I mean, if, if uh, you know, I think the recent couple of, you know, big exits uh, like Spotify and recently I'd settle, I think, uh, are, are, uh, right, right. Uh, are great for Europe. Not only that it creates great, uh, you know, role models, but it also puts new sort of angel money into the system. And, and, and uh, these, you know, these companies and also companies in Germany like Delivery Hero or, and so forth, they have large amounts of, of, uh, of staff, not only founders, but like right. but, um, operators. Like at Spotify, when we launched uh, you know, the US and became a global company, that, you know, most of the senior staff we hired came from American companies like Facebook right. and Google. Right. And, and no, the next generation can come from European companies, uh, which I think is great. That's so, great, yeah, yeah that's yeah. amazing. Um, thanks so much for your time here. Um, Thank you, Robert. If, uh, if anyone is interested in getting your advice, where can they find you at the conference? What are you looking forward to right now? Uh, I'm looking forward to a beer right now, a Dutch <laughs> beer. That would be nice. So they can find so you at the bar. Find me at the best bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great, great. Thanks so much for your time. Give Thank you. Thank you.